Welcome back to another episode of Dream Team. This week we've got Scott Silver with us. Uh, Scott's a long-serving member of the club, now a committee member, and was long part of Echo before the, before the two clubs merged in 2010. So evening, Scott. Hi, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. So just a quick bit about you. When was your first game of adult cricket? Um, it was, I, was, I remember when I was about eight years old. And uh, it was fielding fine leg to fine leg, I think, for um, a club in Kent at the time uh, called Wilmington. My dad uh, was born in Kent and had quite, he sort of grew up playing for this club a lot. And he got back into it. I think we, he just randomly went and visited the club one year and we just, just got back into it that way. So I remember fine, yeah, fielding fine leg to fine leg the whole game, just with these massive baggy clothes. So I think that was my first one. And the um, first one for Echo? First one for Echo, uh, I was about four, 13, I think, and it was a Sunday game um, over at, um, where was it? It was Rayleigh, I think. It might have been at Rayleigh. It seems so long ago now. But yeah, I think the first, my first proper game of cricket was in Eastwood, um, and that was for Echo Monarchs and Trojan. Trojans, I think. No, that was for Trojans at the time. Trojans just tried to get a youth team to get, or a young youth team together. Um, and I played from them. Okay. White tracky bottoms of my trousers. Nice. Yeah, class. Nice. Okay. So getting onto your team. So you've picked yeah. not just the best players you've played with, you just played, picked the influences people have enjoyed playing with, people have been big parts of your careers. Yeah, I um, think so. I mean, I, I think I've had the the benefit of you know being an average cricketer which means that I've not just played at top top level I've been able to play with quite a very varied few people which has been been good and I think especially starting young you do you know a cricket's like this game where you can play with people three or four times your age you know it's a, not many sports yeah. gives you that opportunity to do that. No um, I certainly, certainly find out from a coaching perspective now that you can on the job train people, you captain mm. the likes of the side we had this summer, and you're actually out there with them rather than on the sidelines. It makes a makes a big difference and yeah. good element to it. Okay. Yeah. So your first opener. Uh, first opener number one, uh, Darren Wynn. Um, could be a controversial one for some people, but I think growing up, um, you know, I played with him so many years and. He, he was just so destructive as a batsman when he was in the flow. He just, he just took, took bowlers apart. And he would always attack from the very first ball. I, remember, I can't remember how many games I played where the first ball was either a, like a four or a six back over the bowler's head. He would just always play the same way. Um, wore his heart on his sleeve. Uh, you know, and I think he was, he was good because he kind of introduced that a bit of aggression into, into cricket and, you know, and trying to attack bowlers for me personally, which is always good. And when I got to about 17, 18, when I started opening batting and I was opening with him, it was great to watch because he took the pressure off me as a batsman because I could just go out and play cricket where he was there, you know, trying it well, hitting the bowlers all around the park. So, so it was great. Really good. So, yeah, he was my number one on there. As you say, slightly combative. 
No. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely some games. I think, like you know, he definitely probably crossed crossed the edge of of being competitive to aggressive. But you know, I think even off the field for me, you know, off the field he was a, a completely different character for me personally, especially growing up. You know, he he was just part of my my club cricket from the ages of you know about twelve. 12 to 18, 19 years old, you know, he was just always there, always having a beer in the bar at the end of the night. And yeah, yeah it was a big part of my, my cricket, my summer cricket, basically. Oh, good stuff. And who's going to open with Darren? Uh, Darren, now I fiddled around with this one. It was Chris Mayer. I put him number two, number three. But um, Chris, again, part of that sort of Echo Monarchs um, cohort. And he he was a big part because it was Sunday cricket, especially because he was, he was the captain of the Sunday side pretty much all throughout my, my sort of teenage years. And there were so many good games of cricket and it was always such fun, but it was always competitive. So we always played our best, but it was just always such a laugh. And I think, you know, even for me at that time, Chris is, I can't think how many years older Chris is. He's not much, much older than me, but, even he sort of grew as a cricketer, you could see it, how he went from just sort of being this regular bowler to all of a sudden this sort of reliable, consistent batsman, you know, and he, he sort of changed the way he played and things. So, yeah, Chris Mayer's there for number two. Chris is another player, as you say, about Darren. Completely different opposites on and off the field. Chris, very yeah. quiet off the field, on the field, would get into an argument yeah. in a phone box. Yeah. Many of them. I mean, and I would say especially against Eastwood Cricket Club, it seemed like Eastwood Cricket Club was always always a team he would just just get into an argument about something. I think sometimes with Chris, he'd almost get himself into an argument to fire himself up, to get yeah. himself going with the bat or the ball. And yeah. It, it certainly worked for him. Yeah. Uh, good cricketer. Very good cricketer. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to three. Uh, number three, so... We're talking about opposites on and off the field. This one's just the same on and off it. Uh, probably the quietest cricketer in the whole of Essex, uh, Joe Sibbons. Um, and obviously Joe's younger than me, so I've seen him from youth all the way up to adult cricket now. And uh, he's just, he's incredible to watch at the moment. I think, especially for the last sort of few seasons, he's been a big highlight for, for, for South End Cricket Club. You know, he's been a, a big positive his performances have been have kept us in a lot of games. They've also given ourselves some dignity back, I think, over the last couple of years where we have struggled. Um, you know, and just, just a really friendly guy, very quiet. Um, but, you know, let's his cricket do the talking, uh, if you, yeah, I guess. So it always looks unflustered, Joe, but never says yeah. anything, so you wouldn't know any difference. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. I think there was like a game against Westliff last year and he took this amazing catch in the, in the field. It was like sort of diving to his right and he took it with both hands. And the, uh, the umpire was like, oh, really, really well done. And I was sort of standing next to his square leg and Joe just sort of walked off. And the guy went, he's a bit rude, <laughs> just, just, I was like, oh, he just doesn't talk much, you know. He's fine, no. he's, he's happy. So, so when you were growing up, so you're talking about Sibbo and people like Glenn Norfolk, Sean Grant, Maybe we yeah. looked up to the likes of you when you were coming through, when that came through youth. Maybe. Who, who were the ones you looked up to when you were, when you were their age, 17, 18? Um, 
there's a couple on the list actually further yeah. down that definitely I looked up to. I get Chris is definitely one of those yeah. because he was just, I think the way he played your cricket was always such fun. Like he enjoyed, he enjoyed playing cricket. Um, and that really came out um, in those, in those Sunday games because they were always really competitive, but you know, we just loved playing it. We just, we just couldn't get enough of it. We we're always trained. We were always at nets. We played in the week. You know, we just we just played whenever yeah. we could. So Chris was definitely up there for that. Um, I would say uh, Mark Irvine, actually, who we come on to later, is again another one. You know, and I played with his his boys Aaron and Sam. Yeah. Um, at similar levels, you know, it, it's it, there was just a few few people that, that that helped that. And I think I came from where it was Trojans previously, where I guess you could say that was originally where I was from. There was no youth cricket, so. I didn't have, I didn't play with, along with kids at Trojans at the time that were similar right. ages to me at the time. So I went and played my youth cricket for Lee. Um, okay. And that was only for a couple of years I did that. And then Echo Monarchs and Trojans sort of joined together. Again, I was the oldest of, out of everyone, all the other youngsters. So again, there wasn't a team for me specifically that I could go and join. But by then, adult cricket, there was a sort of team. Yeah, enough teams that I can sort of slot into. I think you find now with a lot of lot of youth, but when they start playing adult cricket, they don't really they're not really bothered about the youth games. Once they get into men's cricket, adult cricket, that takes over. They get more of a buzz, I think, from that than playing an under thirteens, under fifteens, yeah. midweek game. I think it's it's definitely if you're a bowler taking your first adult wicket. Yeah. And if you're a batsman, is hitting your first hitting your first four. It's you know it's it's definitely like oh actually I can I can play at this at that level, and I think that's what Trojans Trojans did for me was when um, um, uh, Brian Brian Sagler is actually I remember now was the first the first adult game I think I played, and he was the first one like sort of I bowled and. You know, I don't know where we played and we probably lost every game. I don't really remember the results, but I remember taking my first wicket, you know, and that was down down to people like that who were willing to turn up and, you know, let, let youth have a go at stuff. Ah, good stuff, good stuff. Okay, moving on to four. Uh, four, Steve Hunt. Yeah. I mean, Steve was one of the, one of the best cricketers I think I've played with, with such natural ability, I should say. And I think... He, again, just played with such freedom. In most games he plays, he plays with such freedom. Sometimes more of a hindrance to his game than, than a positive. But, you know, definitely just, just part of that, that group with Chris and things like that, where it was just always such a, a good game of cricket, you know, and he has such good ability. It's just um, he definitely probably could have gone a lot further than he, than he has done with his cricket. It is what it is, yeah. As you yeah. say, very, very talented. Good hands, good bowler. Yeah. yeah. Just with the bat. But someday you just when get to twenty and then kick on and then you'll play not the best shot. Yeah. I people I feel mad watching. But Yeah, but it it's just one of those he's one of those types of players, you know, he's got that that ability to do things and he just he's willing to try it, you know. He has that yeah. that confidence to do that, which I've definitely never had. No, that in my game at all so but you know like, and that's the thing I think like for young people at that time you know, he, again he's a few years older than me but you know playing with him on those Sunday games it was always always great fun because he just had that ability to play some outrageous shots it was great 
Also, to be fair to Steve, last couple of years, he could easily have disappeared a little bit when it's not been the easiest for the first team, the teams he's been yeah. in. He's always always stuck up, always yeah. fronting up and played. So can't can't knock him. He's, no. he's been a good clubman, Steve, and hopefully will remain so. So, okay, uh, on to five. We'll, we'll skip over this one quite quickly. So it's yourself. Thank you. Uh, and I think... <laughs> <laughs> um, just, oh, Mr. Consistent, I say, I guess, right? Bat for the average. Keep it going. <laughs> keep it ticking quite. away. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, I, you think a few years ago when um, Chris Hunt was uh, captain and that third team, and we had a really good, a good side, and we just kind of lost it towards the end of the, end of the season to, to miss yeah. out on that promotion, which kind of then came as a benefit. Uh, obviously with losing so many players but you know I think you so you just were able to keep it going basically and keep those runs ticking over and you know you can always sort of turn to rely on yourself in difficult situations to to keep that ball ticking so thank you and nice. we've we've <laughs> text in the post uh, yeah. six. uh Mr Sohail Ijaz um yeah. again I think He's just one of those consistent, reliable players um, in the third and fourth team. You know, he very good, tidy bowler. Bowls pretty much con- consistent line and length. Um, batting, you know, you could rely on him to, to pull you out of difficult situations. You could rely on him to up the run rate. Just a great, great player to have in the team, you know. And I think he just has that that calming presence that sometimes, you know, teams lose when, when things aren't going right. It's just very calm. So That's it, yeah, yeah. he's in there for my number six. Yeah, good, good cricket and family. These boys are coming through. Yeah. Uh, as you say, that very calm presence, perhaps sometimes a little bit too calm, <laughs> waiting for him at 25 past 12. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got three others in you and he's calm <laughs> with him. But yeah, very good player. So good yeah. bowler. Very good yeah. bowler, yeah. Okay, uh, seven, I think we've already mentioned. Yeah, so Mark, Mark Irvine, uh, fantastic cricketer, great bowler, good batsman, good fielder, you know, all round. He, he, he was just solid performances. And I think when I was 18 and he was, I'm sure he was second team captain then, uh, this was for Economics and Trojans, you know, a, a bit like Darren Wynn, you know, had that really good competitive, competitive edge to him. And, you know, I think at that age when I was 18, when I was finally realising that, you know, what kind of cricket I could play myself against teams, you know, that he helped, he helped that because I, I added that bit of aggressiveness to my batting, which I probably hadn't had years previously. Um, and I, I, there were a handful of games that I can remember where, you know, people took, oh, people took some great catches. I took some good catches and it was just the way we celebrated and the way we were together and the way we played. We just played good, aggressive cricket. Uh, and it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun that year. I think it was the only year that I've ever won the, a batting trophy for the most runs. I think since then it all went downhill. But, you know, it was a good year, a good year of cricket. Mark, Mark was sharper as a bowler than people probably give him credit for. When, yes. When, when we merged, he was playing in the threes or the fours yeah. at the time. And I called him up for a second scene going, I was quite surprised, pleasantly. I was like, quite sharp. Yeah, because he do, he sort of you know he did steam in and he he you know he he threw it down, but it was always because he was quite because obviously he had that you know short yeah. you know frame to him. He he it would skid through as well, but again like you know could do 
hit that seam on that ball and, you know, kept wicket against him quite a number of times. Yeah, just, just a really good bowler, you know, really good bowler and just always always played, you know, with the heart on the sleeve, that aggressiveness. Yeah. It was good. Handy mid-order batsman as well. well. Yeah, exactly. That's why I put him there number seven because he, he would come in, either runs were on the board or we needed runs and either way he would add to it. Great stuff. So he was one of your people you looked up to growing up. Cricketing wise who were your heroes when you were growing up from the professional game? Test cricketers? Who were the ones you really looked up to wanted to be? Well, that's the thing, because re- re- actually, like, I didn't really follow any kind of international cricket. I think the first time that it really, that international cricket really sort of got to me was the uh, 2005 Ashes. Yeah. And um, it was that. That was the, that was the series that, that really sort of grabbed my attention. Um, you know, I mean, Flintoff was always really fun to watch uh, during that period. But to be honest... There was no one that really stood out. It was just more about what cricket was and how, you know, and the excitement of it, which when you talk to people who don't understand cricket, they don't understand actually where that excitement can come from and where that enjoyment comes from. It's really hard to explain to them. But I think watching that test series, you know, it it grabs a lot of people's attention who previously probably wouldn't have watched cricket. That's fair. As you say about people who don't understand cricket, I don't understand how you can play from half 12 to seven o'clock and at 6.58 something happens and you just yeah. go mad with celebration yeah. because you've exactly. got a catch to win the game or something. It's yeah. all gone to the last ball. And, and that's the thing. I think like you look at a cricket team and you're like, can I spend an afternoon with these 11 people? Yeah. I think that's like, especially for my, like where I'm at with my cricket now, it's like, it's definitely the case. Can I spend, you know, seven hours standing in a field, you know, throwing a ball to each other now and then? But you enjoy playing with. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so moving on to eight. So this one's my dad. Um yeah. so you know, I would not have got into cricket if it wasn't for him. Um when I was like, you know, six, seven, eight years old, I would be going to cricket every every Saturday with him and just, you know, watching a bit kicking a football about with some other kids that might have been there, you know, and just, that was kind of always my Saturdays growing up. Um, And then, you know, I had, I was lucky enough to be able to play with him for a number of years. Um, Especially when I kept wicket, you know, it was a lot of bold silver, cool silver. So that was always quite, quite fun to see because he was a very, he was a decent bowler, my dad, and could hold a bat. You know, he'll probably be pleased. He'll probably have a go at me that I put him number eight, but you know, He's not here, so that's what fine. What was a bowler? Was he seam up, spinner? Seam bowler, yeah, yeah, seam bowler. So when he was younger, he said to me that he was a spin bowler, off spin, and he, you know, he played a little bit of county cricket, you know, for the youth, yeah. youth sides. But um, you know, he sort of reinvented himself somehow as a as a sort of seam bowler. But he could, you know, swing the ball and pretty much in any kind of condition. He was he was a decent bowler, decent bowler, and good fielder. Had a great pair of hands. Not often you see people who go from spin to seam. Most of the yeah. time it's seam bowlers who yeah. are struggling a little bit, turn, turn to spin bowling. So it's good no, to have some... and he, it was always, like It was always, you know, I think how many games we played over at the garrison as well, where, you know, he, he just had, didn't go for many runs at all, to be honest. He just was always a bit like, you know, Sir Hale just bowled that good line and length and, and didn't look to move away from those spots. Yeah. 
stick in there and make the, make yeah, the and work. had the ability to do it as well, I should probably say. Yeah, but. that's it. Yeah, it's, it's an underrated <laughs> skill. It doesn't come from luck. Yeah. Okay, so number nine. Mm. Nicest man in cricket, Mr. Roy Anderson. Yeah, lovely, um, lovely bloke. And I think uh, Roy, again, is one of those bowlers that was probably at the time a bit quicker than my dad, but was just consistent. And again, always hunted those line and line, that areas outside the off stump and just bowled constantly. He was such a great bowler to watch. And I think, you know, a bit like Sir Hale, was calming, have a calming presence. Yeah. But, oh, if he got annoyed about something, it was great to watch him flare up and get a bit angry because it was so unlike him. And he would do, not do it all the time, but there would be the odd, odd game where maybe a, a catch, but like caught behind wasn't given that he would um, lose it a little bit. But, you know, and I've put him number nine because he can bat and um, yeah. the person below him is going to be really annoyed that he's below him. So, Yeah, the person below is one too high, I'd say. But... <laughs> But going back to Roy, Roy was quite tall, wasn't he? Quite tall. Yeah, bloke. very tall. Yeah, so very tall. Got a little bit of bounce from a good length, and as you say, yeah, just did just did enough with the ball. Yeah, and I think like he was a twos. So I played him when he was a twos captain um, in like Div Four of T Rippard, I think it was. Um, and at the time, it was it was like a five year, six year time period where I was playing cricket on a Saturday, but I was having to leave about half five, six o'clock every Saturday for work. So I worked in a bar and a restaurant at the time. And, you know, I always got a full game. I, you know, that, at that point I bowled as well and always take a few wickets. I would always be in the areas where I would take catches and I would, you know, bat and I would always get runs. And, you know, it was just, it just good at cricket. And at the time, I think Darren Wynn and Mark were still playing in those sort of sides and stuff. So it was just, you know, he's just part of that sort of cohort or group where, you know, I kind of learned, learned my trade as a, as a cricketer, really, and how I go about my game. Yeah, as you say, very, very good man, Roy. Very good, very good. Captain, a couple of years after the merge, I think, didn't he? So, yeah. No, good yeah, stuff. Just, just reliable, just a really nice, really friendly guy. You know, I think the very first time I met him, was just even my dad introduced him as the nicest man in cricket, and that's what I've always called him since then. No, very fair. Okay, number 10. 10, uh, like you said, probably one too high, but I would generally have him a little bit higher than, than 10. I would probably put him in eight or nine. Uh, and that's Chris Hunt. Uh, you know, great bowler. Um, you know, still has the ability to, to sort of, you know, get it in fairly quick at a decent pace. Um, sometimes he tries to bowl too quick and gets hit out of the park very early on. But otherwise, you know, I think competitive cricketer always looks to his best and just you know, he puts his heart and soul into absolutely everything he does. And then that includes, you know, what he does for the club, what he does for the size, trying to get things organised. You know, he's just, he's just a great guy to have in any club. Yeah, as you say, good bowler. Can bat. Can definitely bat. Hits can a definitely good bat. Can't he run. He does hit. Yeah, he's got a great eye. Like, can hit any ball. Yeah. No, so, as you say, a few mad ideas in the field that, that he comes up with. But... Yeah, analytical brain, I think. He he thinks everything. But, you know, as a bowler, I think especially when it was Ekamons and Trojans, he, you know, he was quick. He had a a good bit of speed behind him. No, very, very underrated bowler at times. Okay, 11. Uh, So this is obviously 
probably the only this the second or third one in this side that's um you know post merge now which is nigel green i just the most reliable bowler that i think i've ever played with it just you know i think you know you bring him on when the openers are having a difficult sort of opening spell and you know batsmen are getting on top you, you bring him on and he oft i think there's maybe a, a handful of games that i can remember where he hasn't made that breakthrough or he hasn't settled a run rate down you know you know what you're going to get from him he knows where he, what he's going to bowl he knows where he wants to put his field and you know his traps often work you know he's just one of those really again calming figures knows what he's bowling knows where to put all the fielders even if you, he's not bowling you know he does it's just a really good really good guy to have in the team i think so as you say a captain's dream in a way that you you just almost let him do what you want yeah you can set your own you can let him set his own field you might yeah. offer a bit of an advice but as captain you just sort of say over to you Nige, he sorts his field and generally bowls to it yeah and that's the thing and i think that's the thing so it's backing up with what, what you're talking and i think you know he he does that and i think for the last you know number of years that i've been playing with him you do just rely on him you're almost begging the captain to bring him on sometimes because you just want to slow slow run rates down or just make a breakthrough and he can often bring that for you i said this up like the last couple of years we've been bringing a lot of youth through a lot of young bowlers it's great because you put nigel on he'll go for two or three and over at one end yeah if someone at the other end goes at fives as a team, you're not struggling as much. Mm. You, and it, he just gives that, he, he gives the kids the platform, but if it doesn't quite work for him. No, but he's just, he, I think, cause he's got that, that knowledge and experience as well. You know, he's happy to, to help support the youth. And that, yeah. that's really important. I think, you know, especially the way our club is at the moment, you know, we're looking to those youth to, to support our teams and to make, immediate impacts to, to whatever side they're yeah. playing and they're not there to to learn the trade they're there to you know learn. help us win games yeah. so you know i think so having someone like nigel in that team just helps because he's just got that ability to to talk to the children about you know and the youth and to, to help them along no that's a pretty good good one to 11 you've picked there um happy with it. i think you've got all bases covered as you say i think so i think like you can look at this look at different look at it at different perspectives i think you know uh, you could have, you know, probably seven, eight, nine different people in there for different reasons. And I yeah. think I'm happy with what I've selected. If I think about my my career as a as a very amateur club cricketer, you know, I think that's who I've enjoyed playing with the most, where I've seen my best cricket, and you know, probably the the people I would turn to now. To as you say, you can always pick other people as there may be better cricketers out there. But this is your forum. This is your your team. <laughs> yeah, I won't have it any other way. This is it. This Nailed is, on. That's it. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, Scott, it's been brilliant to speak to you. Thank you very much Thank for your you. time. Thank You're you very welcome. much. Cheers, mate. Cheers.